0: This is Craig from the innermost recesses of your mind, and you're listening to Run, Jump, Stomp. On episode 29 of Run, Jump, Stomp, Blizzard cancels StarCraft shooter for Diablo 4. Xbox and PS4 controllers are going to be used on some weird devices. Destiny 2 uh, cuts platform exclusives and get ready to play Elder Scrolls 6 forever. Those stories and more on this episode of Run, Jump, Stomp. Everybody, listen up. If you want to get Run Jump Stomp and my other shows ad free for as little as a dollar, check out patreon.com slash runjumpstomp and you can share your thoughts on gaming by leaving a voicemail by heading on over to runjumpstomp.com slash voicemail from any device. All my shows are there. Leave a voicemail for Run Jump Stomp and I may even play it on the show. Uh if you want to hang out live, we do this live on Fridays at 3 p.m. not every week but most of the time uh that's my goal anyway when i when i don't get distracted by shiny things but live on twitch.tv slash run jump stomp uh you can join us and hang out with awesome people in chat like uh we've got a bunch of people there now so uh listen up everybody here's what we're going to talk about we got to talk about about first blizzard uh now anybody who's listened to this show for any length of time You guys know that I am a big, big fan of Blizzard games. I adored Warcraft 3. I never got into StarCraft, uh, mostly because I'm bad at RTS games, and Warcraft 3 felt just different enough for me that I really enjoyed it. Uh, But I loved Warcraft 3. When World of Warcraft came out, it blew my mind. Uh, I've... Sunk so many hours into Diablo. I'm a huge, huge fan of Diablo, and so much so that I ended up interviewing David Brevik on this show uh, not too long ago. He's the creator of the original Diablo game, Uh, and uh, you can go back a few episodes and listen to that. I I think I did okay. I I don't think I fanboyed too much uh, talking to him, Uh, but. I I adore Overwatch, uh, just all things Blizzard. I'm just a huge fan of Blizzard stuff. And one of the things that I'm a fan of, one of the reasons I'm a fan of Blizzard stuff is because they are not afraid to say, you know what, this isn't cutting it. Let's throw it all away and start over. And that's one of the things that I don't think enough developers... Will do. Like enough develop. There's too many developers out there that will say, "We've sunk so much money into this already that we can't just throw it away." So they will continue to throw good money after bad, even if they don't have anything that's worth playing. And I always think that that's a huge mistake. If you've got something that's not working out very well, then you want to chuck it and start from scratch. You know, Nintendo recently uh, did this. When they uh, made that video, I think it was like three or four months ago, I think where they were saying, look, we've been working on Metroid Prime 4, but it's not working out the right way. let's let's just junk it and we're gonna get retro Studios to do it and they're gonna we're gonna do it right because we don't want to put this out and have it not be right. And Blizzard has done this in the past. Uh, This is not the first time that Blizzard's thrown stuff away. I mean, for crying out loud, Overwatch? The only reason we have Overwatch is because Blizzard decided this giant project that they spent years working on. They called it Titan. And it was, I mean, everybody who played World of Warcraft at the time was assuming that this was their follow-up to World of Warcraft. Blizzard said, you know what? This is not working out. Let's junk it. And they threw it away. They did hold on to the lore that they had built. And they decided to take what they had built and they turned it into a shooter. And that's what became Overwatch. And, you know, the writing's on the wall. Overwatch is fantastic. Overwatch is an amazing game. Uh, Overwatch is incredibly popular And it's one of Blizzard's most popular games. Um, So I'm a huge fan of Overwatch, and we wouldn't have it today if Blizzard didn't have this mentality of if something's not good enough, we need to throw it away and start over. They did it before with a StarCraft ghost. There was this shooter that was going to take place in the StarCraft universe where you played as a ghost which not not like a ooh ghost not not like a you know a ghost with like a sheet over your head or whatever but like you know a, 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 a like a you could go invisible and um be a sniper that kind of ghost you know, like that's what they called it in the game but starcraft ghost was the shooter in the starcraft universe and Like they were talking about this game for a while. I remember reading about it in video game magazines. And then one day, Blizzard just said, it's not working. We need to throw it away. And more companies need to have the guts to do that. To say, this development's not working. Cut it off. We're done. We're going to start over with something new. And Blizzard has done it again. This was posted yesterday by Jason Schreier over at Kotaku. And, um... There are sources that are telling uh Kotaku that Blizzard is canceling a StarCraft first-person shooter to focus on Diablo 2 and Overwatch 2. Now, before uh you guys get upset because I know that there's going to be a lot of people who are like, "Well, what about the people who were been working on this um on this first-person shooter in the StarCraft universe?" Don't worry about them. They did not lose their jobs. Nobody lost their jobs uh it's just that they've been repurposed to work on something else that is supposed to be working better um so this is not anything official from blizzard but apparently the people who have been retasked reached out to uh to kotaku and they said that the main reason uh it says here people uh, three people familiar with the goings-on at the studio said uh, the, the main reason that Blizzard told the staff was to put more resources into Diablo and Overwatch franchises. Now, uh, I will will say that I I immediately assume that means Diablo 4, okay? Uh, and I don't know that I assume it means Overwatch 2 because I don't know that it makes a lot of sense to make Overwatch 2. Overwatch is incredibly popular and uh, it, it's a living game that it continually has been getting updates. I don't know that it's important for Overwatch to have a sequel. It would just make more sense to me for Overwatch to just continue to improve and get better over time. However, I don't know that they would need to put a lot of people on the, the mobile game uh, Diablo Inferno. Is that the is that the name of the game Diablo Inferno? Somebody in chat will let me know, hopefully. Uh, but I don't know that people would have to, that like that. They need more people on Diablo Inferno, but um, they they do need people to be working on Diablo Four, especially after the really really tepid response that they got uh, from uh, fans at BlizzCon, excuse me, at BlizzCon last year. You know, Diablo got up on stage and they 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 really dropped the ball on how they announced this but they got up on a stage at blizzcon which is a very very uh pc focused uh event and they said and and here and and we're going to end the show <clears throat> excuse me at blizzcon we're going to end the show at blizzcon unveiling a diablo game and a lot of people assumed excuse me i had to cough for a second a lot of people assumed That that meant Diablo four and then Diablo or and then Blizzard gets up on stage and they're like, oh, it's Diablo Immortal. Thank you, Fisto and chat for telling me the the right name of the game. It's Diablo Immortal, this uh, mobile game. And then they had this really, really terrible response to the people who were there and asking questions about it. Like, people were like, this isn't really what we want. Is this a joke? And while I, you know, I get it, you're not happy about it, but don't be, like, I I feel like the people who did that were kind of rude to the people on stage. They're unveiling this thing that they're proud of, and you're like, oh, your work is a joke. I don't think that's cool, but I really don't like the way that Blizzard responded to that either. They They ended up saying, uh, don't you people have phones, which was very, very tone deaf and, and, and kind of a lame response. Like they were trying to, they were trying to be all jokey about it. And I, I get it. I understand. But I don't, th- I don't think that anybody in that situation did things the right way. At least I'm not happy that, the, that Diablo, I have to look at chat again, Immortal. I'm not happy that Diablo Immortal is a phone game, because I don't like playing games on my phone. I very, very much prefer to have physical buttons. I'm a fan of physical buttons. And I don't like touchscreen gaming. I'm just not a fan of it. So, I'm not really interested in Diablo Immortal. However, I'm willing to give it a chance, because it's Diablo, and Blizzard has really not let me down. I mean, there, there are things that Blizzard has put out that I haven't been like, oh my god, this is the greatest thing since sliced bread. But for about seven years, I played nothing but World of Warcraft. Uh, Diablo 3 completely consumed me when that game came out. So I'm willing to give Blizzard the benefit of the doubt. Um... In fact, Diablo 3 is so good. I bought it 3 damn times. I got it on PS4, I got it on PC, and I got it on Switch. It's an amazing game. But you know, we're not really here to talk about Diablo Immortal. We're here to talk about the idea that Diablo 4 might be coming. And I'm very, very excited about that. I feel like I feel like Blizzard has heard from um from their fan base and they understand that we're not really interested in phone games. Does that mean I don't want them to ever make a phone game? No. But I don't want them to not make this in order to make a phone game. That would be a mistake. So Diablo 4, I love the idea that, that Blizzard decided to cancel a first-person shooter set in the StarCraft universe to give me another Diablo game. I'm very happy about that. As far as whether or not Overwatch 2 is going to happen, I doubt it. I feel like it's just going to be Overwatch forever, and it's just going to keep evolving. Um, maybe an expansion pack, but then even then that would split the, p- the player base. One of the great things about Overwatch is just everybody has the damn thing. Uh, so you can sit down and find a game like instantaneously. If you launch Overwatch 2 that splits the player base into two sections. You know, the people who are playing old Overwatch, the people who are playing new Overwatch. And I know this has happened before. You know, every year there's a new Call of Duty and everybody buys the next one and moves forward. So maybe I'm just assuming the wrong thing. But for the most part, Blizzard doesn't tend to do that very often. I say that after after just asking them to make a sequel to Diablo 3. In in all honesty, I'd really like to play uh, Diablo 4, but I'd also just take more Diablo 3, uh, just for me anyway. Um, Fisto in chat is saying, I wonder if THQ Nordic jumped on the opportunity to make Darksiders Genesis after the whole Diablo Immortal backlash. Okay, let me actually address that because that's a a good thought. Uh, I would say probably not. They probably decided to do this a while ago because it takes a long time. To make a game it takes an extended like i would bet that um thq nordic started making darksiders genesis a couple of years ago and this all the backlash from diablo that probably that i mean that didn't happen until fairly recently so i don't i don't think that that's probably the impetus for what what made thq spring into action However, I am happy to have some competition in that genre because right now there's like nothing. It's Diablo 3 and Path of Exile, which Path of Exile is a great game. I I've played it on PC. I've played it on my PS4. It's a great game. I just don't like it as much as I like Diablo. 0 uh, Gek, 2 in chat says that they would rather have a StarCraft game. Um, I can see that and... You know, for me, I have no, no, there's no nostalgic feeling for me when it comes to StarCraft. There's no, there's no tug at my nostalgia, uh, my, my uh, nougat center of, of nostalgia. I don't, I don't feel anything about StarCraft because I've never really played it. Like I played a little bit of the first one and I played a little bit of the second one, but like I only played the first one having borrowed it from a friend, and I was like, this is, this is too hard for me, because I, I just can't keep up with the APM, the actions per minute. And then when the second one came out, I was like, oh, look at how beautiful this is. It's a beautiful game, and I hear it's got a fantastic story, but it's not my genre, so I can skip it. Um, that being said you know, this was going to be a shooter in the StarCraft universe and the StarCraft universe is got all this really, really cool lore that I don't know about. And it'd be awesome to play a game of a genre that I really like in a world that I have yet to really experience. So maybe we're all missing out on not getting this first person shooter st- set in the StarCraft universe. Uh, you know, and, and guess what? We're never, ever going to know. So that's a little disappointing. Um, let's see. They uh, Mikey B. playing says they canceled StarCraft Ghost way back then, too. Uh, he was mad hype for that. Uh, yeah, I mentioned that a little bit ago. Uh, and then I guess we're just going to have to keep waiting. TV says we're going to have to keep waiting. Listen, I don't want to keep my sponsors waiting. So we're going to take a second. We're going to thank our sponsors. And when we get back... We're going to talk about weird ways to use your Xbox and Xbox One controller and your DualShock 4. Hello, look, hey, listen. All right, we are back. Make sure that you check out those sponsors that you just heard from. Uh, Xbox and PlayStation are going to be getting uh, complete support of iOS 13. Now, if you are somebody who doesn't use uh, iOS, then this has absolutely zero interest for you and I, I understand there's a lot of people who use Android however I have an Apple TV in the other in my uh, room across the hall I have an Apple TV downstairs on the big TV and I also have my iPhone and I've got my my giant iPad which I love so much and I'm a big fan of and I don't have a controller for these um, these devices because I don't I don't like unitaskers. I don't like uh, controllers that I can only use for this one thing. Uh, especially if you're watching the show, you can see uh, if you're watching this on YouTube youtubecom uh You can see over on the the side here that I have one, two, three, four, five controllers over there, plus. I've got a sixth controller right here. I'm about to have a seventh controller because I pre-ordered the Stadia thing, which uh, I'll talk about that in a little bit. And I also have the grip for my uh, Nintendo Switch. So honestly, in this room, I've got seven damn controllers. I don't want to buy a controller that I could only use for my iOS devices especially because most of the games that come out on these iOS devices, they're not going to support a controller. They're not going to support a controller at all. So why am I excited about this? Well, I'm excited about this because I already have an Xbox One controller. I already have a DualShock 4 controller, and I have all these iOS devices. So now I might be able to use these together to play games on Previously, only touchscreen systems, uh, and I know that that you can go, you can get like the Nimbus controller or whatever that's designed for iOS. I'm not interested in that. I want to just use the controllers I already have, and I'm I'm, I'm very happy to say that uh, Xbox and PlayStation gamepad support is going to extend across iOS 13 as well as on your Apple TV. And this is very, very big news. This is much bigger news than I think that most people realize. And the reason why this is such big news is because these controllers are in a lot of people's houses. And there's also Apple TVs in a lot of people's houses. And there's also iPhones and iPads in a lot of people's houses. And when those people overlap, suddenly Apple Arcade might actually get my attention now if you don't know what Apple Arcade is is basically Apple announced it god was it last year I'm not I'm not sure when uh not at WWDC but I think it was at their fall uh thing um at their fall event last year uh they announced um apple you know what no i think it was back in march or february actually um they announced uh, apple arcade which is this subscription service i think it's ten dollars a month i could be wrong about that um uh, but it they went out and they got developers to make games for their platform now i i know that a lot of the games that they're making for their platform are going to be games that are focused on touch screen gaming. There's nothing wrong with that. Okay, that's not for me. And I'm okay with that. However, there's also a lot of people out or there's a lot of developers out there who make games that would easily run on an iPad like this. But. Figuring out how to get those games to work with a touch screen interface doesn't make a lot of sense it would be easy to port a lot of those games but you would want to have a controller in order to really have the best experience and it doesn't it it, it's a big cost for a developer to suddenly say all right let's figure out exactly how much we're going to have to spend in order to develop touchscreen controls that work for this game when all they really have to do is click a button to port it from Unity, if, if they made it in Unity, then you know the same way that they ported it from Xbox to PlayStation and PlayStation to Switch and Switch to PC, they basically check another box and fix a few bugs, and now they've ported it to Apple TV and iOS and Macs. And having a controller that people already have make like that makes a lot of sense suddenly. You know, not very many people have a Nimbus controller, but if I go on the app store and it says requires a controller and I look over and on my table, I've got an Xbox controller that I can pair with my, um, with my iPad. Now I'm going to consider buying that game. I think that this is really, really good news. Uh, it's really good news for, um, for Apple. I think it's bad news for Nintendo. I I don't know that this will really compete with Nintendo, but I mean, for some kids, like they have an iPad and that's the only device that they have. And to be able to play uh, Fortnite or whatever on their iPad with a controller without having to go out and buy another controller, um, that's a very, very attractive thing. And I think this is going to bring some developers to release games on iOS that otherwise wouldn't have just because they don't have like because it was unlikely that people would have uh, that kind of controller in uh, in their house. Uh, iCase81 says, I wouldn't get an MFI controller. By the way, MFI is made for iPhone, I think. Uh, M- MFI controller because half the time they don't work with newer, newer iOS versions. I had a controller that worked until, like, iOS 8 or something. And the ones that were good were, like, $60 plus. Well, I mean, just to, to be fair, iCase, you know, a lot of these controllers are pretty expensive like the Google Stadia controller that was just announced that's a $60 controller. My the blue controller that I'm pointing to in the background here, that's a $60 controller. Um I think the the Switch controller is $80 and the PS4 controller, I I don't know how much that is off the top of my head. I think that's about 50 bucks. So, I feel like the 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 MFi controllers, yeah, they're 60 bucks. Uh, But that's that's how much controllers cost controllers got a lot of stuff in them. So I can understand why they're getting pretty expensive. J Harley 17 says there are ways wirelessly, but I have to search it again. It's been a while since I've used. Um, Wait, what? I must have read part of a conversation, but not the other. Anyway, Uh, Fisto says the controller probably won't work on Mario Kart Tour. Probably not. That's a game where you play with tilt controls or, uh, or just dragging your thumb across the screen. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. I, I think that this is a big, uh, um, not implementation. Um, this is an important development for iOS as a gaming platform. Do I think that the Apple TV is suddenly going to be like the place to play games? No, probably not. But... For people who only have iOS, this is going to be a way for them to play games. And that's an attractive thing for developers who want to build, you know, grow their audience. All right, let's talk about Destiny. Mario Super
1: Mario Super Mario Mario World.
0: Destiny 2 is, I mean, man, they're in the news a lot right now. I mean, they just broke off from Activision Blizzard. And they are, wait, was it Activision? I could be remembering this wrong. Who the who the hell were they with? Who was Destiny with? Uh anyway, they broke away and now they're in charge of their own destiny. Uh, no pun intended. Uh they broke away from their publisher and now they they are their own publisher. And what are they doing? Well, they are really shaking things up. They are shaking up. It says here that Destiny 2 is dropping all platform exclusives. Uh holy cow. Um TV, thank you for the thousand bits, man. Uh, I appreciate it. Uh, Destiny 2 is dropping all platform exclusives, adding cross-platform saves. Oh, man. I just love... I love that this is happening. This is becoming more and more commonplace where developers... They understand, and I, I don't think that they've ever been the speed bump here, but, but developers are, are, are understanding that gamers just want to play the game that they want to play on the platform that they want to play it on with the people that they want to play with. And any way that you as a developer can make it easier for me as a consumer to play the game that I want to play on the platform that I want to play it with the people that I want to play it with, that is good for you. That is good for you as a developer. And Destiny Two, there. Um, uh, what's the name of the Bungie? They understand this, and you know, at the Google Stadia announcement. Which actually, let me let me pause for just a second and remind everybody. I've got a t- uh, a TV show. It's not a TV show. I've got a podcast called Stadiacast, which you should sub- you should subscribe to. Uh, we are recording on Sunday. Uh, my, my buddy Lloyd and I and Patrick beja we're going to be talking all about stadia's new stuff so that's why I'm really not focusing on it uh, on this podcast so make sure that you subscribe to the other show so you get all the stadia news because we've got a lot to unpack there but uh stadia uh, they came out the gate they're talking about destiny 2 and they're like and by the way you can bring your character from the pc version of stadia or the Xbox version of stadia and over to the Stadia... Uh, uh, I I said Stadia too many times. Uh, You can bring your character from the PC version of Destiny 2 or the Xbox version of Destiny 2 over to the Stadia version of Destiny 2. You can just port your character over and actually play your character on both places, which is fantastic. That's like me owning a Mac and owning a PC and having World of Warcraft installed on both. And I sit down and I log into my character on one and i level up and then i log out and i go over to my other computer which is a pc instead of the mac i sit down i log in oh look at that my character's leveled up that's awesome this is cross progression this is the way it should it should work okay um oh joel mead's got a great point for crying out loud blizzard why couldn't you get this done we're talking about blizzard one of the biggest companies biggest gaming companies in the world, if there's anybody out there that has the muscle to get something like this done, it's Blizzard. And they didn't bother with Diablo. I've got tons of characters in Diablo on PS4. I've got tons of characters on PC. And I have tons of characters on the Switch. And never those three shall meet because uh, Blizzard didn't bother to, 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 to get that fixed for me. Um, but Destiny 2 did., uh, so uh, at the stadium announcement, they said you can bring your new character or your characters over. Uh, and then on the very bottom, it said, uh, PlayStation 2 is subject to Sony's approval. And then Sony said, yeah, okay, we're gonna do it., uh, so this all kind of started a couple years back with Rocket League and Fortnite, and Sony was putting up roadblocks saying, We don't want, you know, you know, we don't want you mixing with the other players. We only want you playing with the Sony people. And that's just, that's just lame. It's so lame. I mean, pull your head out of your Sony. That's so lame. So it seems like Sony's finally starting to awaken to the realization that every time that anything like this comes up, they look like the bad guy. And it makes me very, very happy that they're realizing this because they said, okay, go ahead. You can now do this. You have cross save progress uh, across PlayStation 4, Stadia, Windows PC, and Xbox One platforms. So if you own Stadia on any of those platforms, you can. Or I keep saying Stadia. If you own Destiny on any of those platforms, you can play on any of those platforms the same account. This also recently happened with uh, that Monster Hunter clone, Dauntless. Uh, Dauntless has cross-save progression. So if you're playing on PC, you can play with people on Xbox. You can play with people on PS4. It, it feels like Sony's finally understanding it. And when when the PS5 and the Xbox Next and uh, of course stadia already announced that they're going to support crossplay and the next nintendo console when these next consoles get announced they better have crossplay i've talked about it before but this is fantastic it allows me to play with my friends no matter what system that they decided to buy and i think that that's awesome you know if you prefer the Xbox environment, and I prefer the Sony environment, guess what? We can still hang out. And that's good for players. So I love that they're doing this. Destiny 2 also had like platform exclusives where on this one you get, uh, uh, on platform A, you get X. And on platform B, you get Y. And they're getting rid of all that. None of it's exclusive anymore. Everybody has access uh, to everything if you want to buy it. And I just think that that's awesome. Frankenstein Gaming in chat is saying Call of Duty is also doing crossplay. Uh, That's just fantastic. I'm, I'm excited. And I think that this is good news for the gaming industry as a whole. Powerball! Powerball! Uh, Elder Scrolls 6. Yeah, Elder Scrolls 6. You remember that? Um, a lot of people are pretty unhappy with Bethesda right now. And a lot of people are unhappy with um, Bethesda, because of Fallout 76, like, they're really not happy with it, uh, but Todd Howard, he's the, he's the big wig over at, uh, Bethesda, and he said that Elder Scrolls 6 is designed for people to play for a decade at least. This is basically his, his reasoning for, uh, hey, Todd, why is it taking so damn long for you guys to give us Elder Scrolls 6? Because, it feels like we've been waiting for a long time. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we've been waiting for a very long time for Elder Scrolls 6. And uh, it's still a long way off. We're not going to have that game anytime soon. But we do have a quote uh, from, uh, what's, uh, from Todd Howard. Uh, he was asked by somebody at IGN. And uh, let's see. Asked by IGN about the likely decade-plus gap between Skyrim and Elder Scrolls 6. Uh, he said... That elder scrolls sit uh it's not what we're i'm sorry let me let me start over he said it's not that we're not feeding high quality elder scrolls to people well i disagree because elder scrolls blades is uh pfft, there you go that's what i think of that um it's not great it's not great um but then he, he then he said uh do do, do uh, they were they want He's talking about uh, gamers. He said, they want a certain type of experience that is very, um, it's what we've done, and this is him, uh, his ums and stuff. You can pick up this water bottle. You can do X, Y, and Z, things that we love. The gap in between is obviously going to be long. It already is. On one hand, I think it's good to miss things. I think that's what makes people come to it with really fresh eyes and I think that when they eventually see the game and what we have in mind they'll understand the gap more in the terms of technology and what we want to do so what he's saying and this actually makes a lot of sense you know there's a reason why Nintendo doesn't put out a Zelda game every year yeah we get Madden uh, I almost said Madden 92 because that's my favorite Madden game. Um, you know, we get Madden 92 and then Madden 93 and then Madden 94. And every single year, there's a new one. It's the same thing with Call of Duty. Every year, there's a new Call of Duty. Every year, there's a new this. It's, you know, the serial, serialized. And we end up having these things so often that we never, we never kind of long for them. We never miss them. Uh, Vaxxer in chat says, uh, FIFA, You know, it comes out every single year. You never feel like, man, it's been a long time since we've uh, gotten one of these games. And now that it's here, I'm really, really excited. It's just like, oh, here's the next version of the game that I already like. Okay, cool. I like the idea that they're taking their time and stretching things out so that when it finally gets here we're really, really excited. I mean, I feel like I trust them. Why do I trust them? A couple of reasons. Number one, Skyrim. Skyrim is a game that I, 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 there are very, very few games in the world that I put more time into than Skyrim. I bought it on my Xbox 360. I played so many damn hours of Skyrim on my Xbox 360 until my Xbox 360 had a red ring of light, death. Okay? Then I ended up picking up Skyrim on my computer and I played it forever on my computer. I adored that game. I had so much fun with it. Uh, so I I don't even know how many hours I have into, into Skyrim, but it's a lot. And he, he goes on to say, the one thing The Gap does is people are still playing Skyrim. It's one of the best-selling games. I know people joke about it online, but it's one of the best-selling games on Switch. Anything we put it on, it becomes a hit game, and they love it, and they still play it. It's almost infinitely playable. All the mods and everything like that, and we're eight years post-Skyrim. It lets us know what we're going into Elder Scrolls 6 that this is a game we need to design for people to play for a decade at least. So what he's saying is, if you design the game in a way that it is infinitely playable, then it doesn't matter how long we have to wait for it. Because when it gets here, you're going to be sated for an extremely long period of time. And yeah, I think that that's good. And that kind of game development takes a really, really long time. So I think that over overall, I I agree with what he's saying. Am I still unhappy with what they're doing with Elder Scrolls Blades and, and that kind of stuff? Yeah. Um, I have not personally played Fallout 76, but I've heard awful things about it. I'm not happy about that. So do, does Skyrim give them enough of the benefit of the doubt? I don't know. Maybe. I would like to think that we can give them a little bit more benefit of the doubt than others because Skyrim has been so fantastic. Uh, And if you're itching for more Elder Scrolls, I highly recommend you check out Elder Scrolls Online. That game is fantastic. And if you don't want to play with other people, you don't have to. It feels like a Skyrim game. It really does. Uh, a Skyrim game. It feels like an Elder Scrolls game. It really does. It's very, very fun. The combat is really good. I'm a fan of it. Uh, I. It, it is an MMO, but you can play it by yourself. And it doesn't feel like an MMO when you're out doing solo quests. Uh, everybody's voiced. It's just, it's really fun. And I'm I'm a huge fan. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh res TV in chat says I probably put a thousand hours into Skyrim across PC, PS3, PS4, Switch, and PSVR. By the way, guys, if you want to uh, call into the show, uh go into the Discord and join the channel called Green Room and you can call in and tell me what are you excited about for E3? And if nobody calls in, then that's 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 fine too. Um Let's see. Misfit is is also excited for uh, or, or has also put a lot of time into Skyrim. Vaxer's laughing because I hit the red ring of death. That makes me sad. Thank you, Vaxer. Um, let's see what else. The consumer wins when there's more competition. That's right, Joel need twenty four. I agree. Uh, ICase 81 one's the same here. Not a thousand, but I bought it at, la- at launch on three sixty. Got the Game of the Year edition on PC and bought it on the Switch. I only ever beat it on Switch, though. iCase81, do you think that the reason that you beat it on Switch was because you could take it with you and therefore you could keep playing? Because I feel like that's the reason why I was able to finish Breath of the Wild on the Switch was because I could take it with me wherever I went. And if I wanted to keep playing, I could take it out and keep playing. Whereas if I don't have it with me and I spend enough time not playing it, then my brain stops thinking about it all the time. And then suddenly I'm not I'm not interested in playing it as much. All right. We got a caller. Uh, let's see. Hello there. Who is this? And what do you want to talk about?
1: Well, this is Mikey V playing. Can you hear me all right?
0: We can. What's up, man?
1: Oh, for E3 things I'm excited about, I just wanted to... I'm excited to see more about Link's Awakening. I think that's going to be super exciting. Did you play the original? I only played it a little bit, and I borrowed it from a friend. I was just a youngster, and he said, hey, I want that back. And that was my experience with it. Oh, that's terrible. In a brief (laughs) borrow. So anyway, so I'm excited to play that and learn more about that. And I'm excited for what Square Enix has. An Avengers game is very atypical for Square Enix. I'm excited to see what they do with that. I hope they talk a whole bunch about that.
0: What kind of game are you hoping for for that? Like what style, what genre?
1: You know, I, I might be crazy, but I'm thinking kind of Final Fantasy 15 ish But you could change your character. Anyway, kind of more action oriented, but have RPG elements because you can't be Square Enix without RPG elements. And I think that'd be really cool to add to an Avengers game instead of like a Ultimate Alliance button masher. I think it'd be cool to have kind of an RPG, more strategic game. So, yeah,
0: I feel like, excuse me, I feel like I agree the idea like we we're covered with Marvel Ultimate Alliance. We don't need another game like that. I almost would like, like it to be like a turn-based. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's going to be an action game, but I would love it to be a turn-based RPG featuring the the Marvel characters, like a JRPG style. That would be really, really cool.
1: Yeah, I would love that too. I just don't think it'll happen, so I didn't say it. But my ideal would, it, would be a turn-based as well. Are you, I just don't go think I'm ahead. using Avengers IP to not be action oriented i feel like that
0: are you interested at all at, at a final fantasy 7 reboot because i gotta say the thing that i'm most excited about for e3 myself is the square enix presentation because i feel like the last few years it's been kind of you know not great uh i yeah. feel like they're going to nail it this year at least fingers crossed uh, are you interested in final fantasy 7 remake
1: I am. I'm I'm very interested. I really love Final Fantasy VII. I've beat it multiple times. I know this one looks to be more action-oriented as well, at least just what we can tell from their footage. No one knows for 100% sure, it seems like, but yeah, I'm very interested in that. Even though I'm a huge Nintendo fan, I think I'm most excited for Square Enix, because I think Nintendo's going to be Animal Crossing, and that's just not my game.
0: Uh, Animal Crossing is, like, my game. Well, I like to play it with my son. Like, we played a lot of Animal Crossing um, New Leaf on our 3DSs. We had an absolute blast on it. But I I am a... I mean, obviously, anybody who's listening to this, you know that I have a Nintendo podcast, Nintendo Switchcraft, and I am a huge Nintendo fan. I am far more... I'm with Mikey here. I am far more interested in what square is going to be talking about than what nintendo is going to be talking about though i feel like nintendo is much more likely to surprise us and square is much more likely to give us exactly what we are expecting them to give us because that's what square always seems to do like i can't remember the last time i was surprised by something that square did
1: yeah (laughs) Well, that's true. I am excited for a potential Nintendo surprise, but there's a lot of talk about probably a lot of Animal Crossing coverage and then maybe their new hardware. And I'm not super hyped for either of those. And so anyway, that's kind of of where I'm at.
0: Well, awesome. Thank you so much for, for calling in, Mikey. This is Run, Jump, Stomp, your thoughts on games. And Mikey is calling in live. Uh, so thank you very much, Mikey. Everybody in chat, say goodbye to Mikey. We're going to kick him out right now. i send him back to the green room. Uh, if you guys want to call in and leave a message, it's super easy to do. All you got to do is join the Discord, runjumpstomp.com slash Discord. Become a member of the community. Hang out for us. Hang out with us for a while. And then uh, when I'm recording the show live, just jump in the green room and I might drag you into the to the secret channel that you can only see. Um, iCase was talking about uh, the I. Oh, He responded to my question. Um, He says, yes, I play more on Switch because I can play in bed while we watch TV at night. My wife's in the bath or doing something with with the kids or work or life in general. I don't have time to sit and play in front of the TV or on my PC anymore for hours at a time. Uh, So I can play on the switch for 30 minutes, put it down, pick it right back up where where I left off. Uh, That is that's exactly how I feel about it. I think I think that he's summed it up really well. Uh, So anyway, uh, big thanks to Mikey for calling in. And uh, I think it's time that we wrap up the show. Uh, Let's see here. Outro. It's time. For you to become a part of that community, join that Discord, okay? You can also watch the show live over at twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp. You can get a hold of me on Twitter at runjumpstomp and use that hashtag RJSPOD because I have those other other shows that I was talking about. Uh, I want you to be able to, I want to be able to filter whatever it is that you're saying to the show that you're saying it to. If you're looking for ways to support the show, there's a million ways to support the show. Big thank you to everybody who already supports the show. Head on over to runjumpstomp.com/slash thank you. Speaking of thank yous, I want to thank uh res TV who cheered during the episode for 1,000 bits on Twitch. Uh that's awesome. Johnny Link subscribed for 24 months of uh of support. Frankenstein Gaming gifted three subs during the uh during the podcast. Elvis Cat subscribed for five months. Uh, I case subscribed for three months crazy Leg subscribed for 17 months kodiak Moonwolf subscribed for 24 months and uh fisto subscribed for 11 months and misfit subscribed for four months you guys are fantastic i really really appreciate the support the show just wouldn't be the same without your support so i really appreciate it thank you so much uh the music that you are listening to right now is through a cardboard world by tony lays check it out i'll see you guys later Bye-bye.